Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv forward slash roll together forward slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Adventure! <laughs> Welcome to Talk Together. Thank you very much for joining us for an exciting evening talking about the dungeons, the dragons, the other TTRPG fun stuff. Uh, my name is Tom and I will be your host for tonight. Now I am chatting with Matt here and we're going to go through some exciting little anecdotes. We're going to tell some tales, maybe we'll roll some dice <laughs> as we do our as we do our little <laughs> interpretive dance as we start every stream. We're doing a little dance. Um, I love it. It's a great, great energetic way to open up an interview or a session. I am so used to like just getting the body moving, waking up. It's like playing drama games. It's just yeah, like, okay, exactly. we're going to play some improv games. And then, uh, and then it, like, again, if you're doing streaming, like, hmm. so you died in the last session. <laughs> like, oh, very, very <laughs> different energy going on here. Hmm, yes. Mm, yes. So, so happiness and then <laughs> tragedy. <laughs> the perfect combination. Um, yeah. So, folks, how do we decide what questions we're going to ask? Well, simply, uh, a D20 commands all our fates. It's a, uh, oh, yes, oh, wickedness. Um, before we kick off, the stream's going to be about an hour long, and we are delighted to be sponsored by Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, and Alchemy RPG. And we are supported by Idol Champions, Neverwinter, and Elderwood Academy. Now, we're Roll Together RPG on all social media, and we have to say a big thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. Now, you can join them for simply one of your local currency, be it pounds, dollars gold coins which i'll keep pointing out in DD is worth one goat so if you just want to provide one goat just one, one goat a single goat just one <laughs> just okay like, yes yeah. does it matter how old or young the goat is or whether good, they know yeah. tricks or whether there's just you know maybe that's like you, you know patreon has different tiers you're like okay it's a young goat but it can count like a horse and you're like Okay. Interesting. Barter system, Interesting. I like it. Yeah. Okay, we'll move you up. Um, yeah. Also, also, folks, uh, you can find us on podcasts, uh, Roll Together RPG. Now, <laughs> my friend Matt, tell me, who are you? Where can we find you on the interwebs? Well, at this moment mm. right here, mm. but yes. uh, in, in any other moment in the space-time continuum, mm. um, of course, my name is Matt, your chaotic and writer. I go... By chaotic and writer is my uh handle um my dm name and also i have a website at www.chaoticandwriter.com which has articles on uh tabletop on world building has a whole bunch of random name generators um on top of that i do stream at twitch.tv slash underscore writer where i do run sort of a, a mishmash of 
uh, like world building streams. Some of them might be, you know, like building a random name generator or going th going through a deep dive into a topic such as the history of of strange weapons, like the the stranger weapons that that people are not usually, you know, they they don't usually see in uh, in fantasy. Um, there's also uh, a number of D&D games that I run on. And on top of that, I do also have a, a budding YouTube channel putting out uh, content. And I want to get to the point where I'm actually rolling out uh, uh, like video essay content on different parts of like storytelling or tabletop or, or world building. Um, and I'm very excited because I'm starting a new project. Um, and that's this new project. I'm, I'm naming it a uh, code name Volterra. But the idea is that me and a number of other uh, dungeon masters and world builders within my network are coming together and we're playing a couple of games of the quiet year, which is mm. of course a, a, a very fantastic tabletop game that is based upon map creation and world building. And then based upon uh, going through like the ancient era and then the like the contemporary era for each of the games, we're gonna build out this world and then run games in it. Uh, the next the next session for the uh, the next session for Codename Volterra is going to be, I wanna say that it is the 20, Oh, I have to double check that. I actually need to. <laughs> what, oh what, dear! What is time, though? <laughs> what is time? Today? Yeah. Um, if it helps you, today's the fourteenth. So today is. Yeah. Is it the fourth? No, it's the seventh. <clears throat> Matt, it's definitely it's <clears throat> definitely the fourteenth today. <laughs> You're right. Today, ah, how could I? How could I not know this? Uh, this is it's important to keep mm. in track of these things. Um, well, you're looking at the macro, you're like thousands of years, and you can't focus on whether it's a Tuesday or a Friday. It's complicated. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, ultimately, um, at, at this point, I mean, given the given the data that mm. everyone is viewing this fantastic mm. uh, uh, interaction, mm. um, the next session for Codename Volterra will be July 16th, oh. uh, 12 p.m. Central Time mm. at twitch.tv slash chaotic and underscore writer. Uh, so feel free to uh, check it out in a couple days. It is going to be uh, exciting. We are on the latter part of the game and the material we came up with already is awesome. So uh, you'll be able to get kind of a sneak peek of what that looks like. Amazing. And again, such an exciting way to world build <laughs> rather than yeah. usually when someone's like, there's a temple, cool, to which god? Well, hmm. yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, amazing. This all sounds incredibly exciting stuff. And yeah, Absolutely. world building, storytelling. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking I'm very forward excited to, for it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, let, us, let us begin with the rolling of the dice to work out what path we shall travel down. Uh, that is a 12. This is this is lovely. Um why are TTRPGs important to you? Absolutely. That's mm. a good question. So mm. um, TTRPGs are, to me, an excellent vessel of activity that combines, you know, storytelling, 
um, all sorts of all, all sorts of rogue creative outlets, you know, whether it's, you know, art or drawing or, you know, uh, improv acting. Um, and on top of that brings in, you know, brings in a number of people together to experience something that they get to live out in real time um, as individual characters. And, you know, depending upon the game and the setting, they get to express themselves in all sorts of different ways and really tap into um, what it's like to be this, this character that they've crafted meticulously. Um, for the Game Masters and Dungeon Masters, it's an opportunity to host a social engagement where all of these people are, you know, converging upon a singular, um, not necessarily singular, but mm. a structure of, uh, of creation that everybody gets to share. And it's just this budding plant of, of memory, like memory, like making all sorts of awesome memories that is to say um and and the thing is is like there's something truly profound about getting a bunch of people in the room and i i believe there's some deep amount of personal growth for come that comes from the practice of playing ttrpgs um it's very therapeutic. It is definitely strengthening of, you know, your thinking skills. It is something that allows you to uh, express yourself creatively. It's just everything. It's everything in one package, really. Absolutely. I mean, we have to keep saying this isn't therapy. Kind of is therapy, though. And, <laughs> and again, like, just the, the... Again, it's like, cool, we're learning empathy. We're learning, you know, so many skills about, you know, like, in-world, outer-world. And then just... Although other skills can be learned, such as lockpicking, if you... If you oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. In, uh, in concept, at least. But yeah. one thing I would, I would like to say on to mm. that is um, the same thing that my like improv that I've been taking improv classes over the past year. Um, and one of the big things that they say uh, during some of these classes is uh, improv is not therapy, but it is therapeutic hmm. um, because there is that, you know, there is that, there is a bit of that boundary, you know, that you, you want to be able to bring some of your, you know, you want to bring some vulnerability to it. Hmm and you want to experience more of yourself and more of other people, um, it is not a stand-in for hmm. therapy, but therapeutic. And it is definitely enriches something that has enriched my life quite a bit and the people around me. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's perfectly fair. Where people are like, oh, it's not therapy. It's like, well, it's helped me. And, you know, same boat as you, where you're just like, ah, and... I think, as you said, that the lovely thing about going, you're making memories, which of course yeah. is, is is the weird. And I also think that's the thing. Like over the last, even to post lockdown, now people get more idea of what these sort of games are like. Because usually it was like, now if someone's like, I play, absolutely, you know, I play these games, and then you can just be like, cool. What sort of characters do you play? And they're like, <laughs> wow. And you're like, cool. Exactly. Conversation started. Oh. Yeah. The energy, the fire is brewing yeah. just as soon as like you you tap into those uh, those bits and pieces because mm -hmm. like 
it's it's kind of I don't want to necessarily compare it to a macaroni painting, mm. but like, you know, when you're really a young, you're a youngster, mm. you're super, super young, you make something, you show it to your parents and your parents are like, oh, that looks awesome. Let's put it on the fridge. Yeah. It makes you feel good because mm. you invest into it. Um, you kind of do visit a little bit of that childlike, you know, self-efficacy, mm. uh, you know, pouring pouring yourself into uh, tabletop games, um, and like there is a you know even in in just little bits of creation of your character or things that you experience, these are you know these are little accomplishments almost. Yeah, <laughs> just like having to explain, you're like, I'm so proud of my elf. <laughs> they've, gone, <laughs> they've, gone, you know, they've gone through so much. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, especially doing something with it being streamed, where you're like, "Oh, this is an oh, experience yeah. I'm sharing with other people." You know, just like an audience coming in and going, "We don't like that you're mean to that person," and I'm like, "Sorry, I just, <laughs> I don't like them very much in world. Love them outside, but yeah, no, just the, ah, uh, yeah, just." This is the lovely thing about doing this show. We're having people be like, are you enthusiastic about this thing? Yes, I am. I am also enthusiastic about it. Like, <laughs> just vibing at the same levels. Yeah, yeah. The energy is there. And yeah. yeah, like that's also why I just love talking about tabletop and love playing tabletop and geeking out with other tabletop nerds because like it's one of those things. The Like the, the, the fuel is there. You light a spark and it's going to, you know, you're going to get into a discussion with that person. You're going to be able to, you know, break the ice and yeah. I mean, again, like looking at your introduction and I will take us off path, like strange weapons. Like what sort of weapons were you talking about? You know? Oh, uh, in particular, like yeah. in terms of things that you don't usually see in uh, tabletop games, you don't usually mm. see in a lot of depictions of uh, historical um, like combat in medieval mm. times or in you know the the high middle ages up through the renaissance stuff like the lantern shield um okay. which is i don't know if you've seen images of the lantern shield but it basically mm. is like a shield and a sword strapped to a gauntlet and it tries to beat everything mm. at the same time um and it looks mm. amazing mm. but its practical use is like So I, I would, yeah. you know, if you're watching this right now, I highly recommend that Go you Google lantern, lantern Shield because it is a great, it is like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when I'm talking about like strange weapons that people have not really seen or heard of. It's just like, there's probably why it doesn't show up in, you know, tabletop because like, yeah, rule of cool, great. But like, what are, what stats do we give this thing? <laughs> Does it help the AC at all? It just seems to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, like, historically, it's that fascinating thing as well, like, when muskets started coming in and when armourers were like, um, okay, right, okay, I can deal yeah. with, like, arrows, but just, like, yeah, where they're just, like, improvising a little bit and going, um, don't get shot, is that my advice? Yeah, that seems, that seems solid. Yeah. I mean... I've I've kind of I've dug a little bit uh, into that as well, just uh, you know, his, through kind of the progression of armor through history, and especially when you know firearms came into you know came into prominence. Um, you know, it was less 
less about carrying a bunch of heavier armors and more about mobility and, you know, making sure that you are able to position yourself in certain locations and, and not worry too much about trying to block, you know, bullets because you're not going to be able to. However, funny, funny enough, like flak jackets like they used in World War II, when you really think about it, it was basically over, you know, it was a vest with a bunch of overlapping plates of metal, very similar to brigantine armor. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, and the thing is, is that that was more designed to protect you against like shrapnel and, you know, uh, other things on, other things flying on the battlefield. Mm. So uh, there's, there's definitely this like, you know, there's definitely this line that you can, you can draw and, I don't know what this necessarily has to do with tabletop, mm. but I know like it, you know, the question of like, okay, so if we're introducing muskets into a tabletop game mm. that is intended for sword and sorcery, well, how does that, you know, how does that pan out in like a real world building perspective? Well, I imagine at the very beginning, those, you know, firearms are probably not super accurate, um, but are still a force to be reckoned with. And so there, you know, at that point, the technology to, pr to protect yourself just kind of falls to the wayside. And it's more like, how do I just not be in the radius of this thing? You know, um, all of those little, all of those little details are just kind of fun to go through. And I think like kind of going down the rabbit hole when it comes to world building, when you, when you add in an element into a world, how does it shape everybody else's approach to things. And that's, and that is one example. That's a very combat centric example. Um, but it is definitely a, you know, it's a big topic. What is a piece of technology put into a setting? How does it completely create upheaval around it in terms of how everybody adapts to it and uses it, you know? Uh, on one of our streams, we had, uh, again, as players, we new world, we found out they had toilets indoors and we just decided in Forgotten Realms, we were like, oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, just like- There a, isn't uh, just a hole in the ground? Yeah. You know, just, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, being all these sort of like very eloquent, very, but then just like in world being like, no, nah, that's weird. Yeah. Weird, weird choices being made here. We don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I said, I think that is the fascinating thing when you, you know, imagining complexly and you're being like yeah. okay what would the yes this is a world of magic but still if someone comes to you with a loud bang stick and you're just like oh, that's horrible don't like that you just blew up gas <laughs> does a does a shield spell is a shield spell effective against you know against a musket Ooh. i would i would imagine so you're still hmm. you're still talking about matter as a projectile hmm. you know same thing as an arrow it's just it's louder, <laughs> you know? So I would say, you know, and with magic, generally speaking, as soon as you add magic into anything, you can basically, you could basically create any excuse you want when you think about it. Um, that's kind of like why rules in magic are kind of an appealing thing because, you know, you, you know, you take a look at, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender and like the magic system uh, in, uh, in that show. And you take a look at like Brandon Sanderson hmm. novels where, you know, the like the Mistborn series and, and the magic system there just. I love I love going down the deep end about like trying to break up larger things into smaller chunks and to kind of, you know, do 
ask why and then ask why and then continue asking why until you have like a full thread of um this it, it so i mean getting way off track mm. here but it's it's definitely it's definitely something i like hearing out about is just kind of like going into the rabbit hole when it comes to world building and trying to fit pieces together and kind of you know reverse engineering a lot of what we understand about you know like like how how would muskets hmm. work in a world of in a, a world of sword and sorcery well sorcery will will probably help you a little bit hmm. um <laughs> hopefully it does otherwise that's gonna change a lot of things um but uh but yeah i think uh uh I think I'm ready for another question. Oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> well, good, because I, <laughs> I have 19 more. Um, we Excellent. have had one person who has speed run this. <laughs> just like, oh, gotcha. 18, but, uh, anyway. I'll, I'll go on tangents. Like, oh. I have ADHD. I'm ready to just kind of, like, <laughs> I, I, spin a I tail. I get very excited by the tangents and be just like, I, I'm, I'm in no rush. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. uh, delightful. So, that is a oh that's a nine mm. what would you say to a new player and i suppose this could be any any game really yeah so we're talking about a new player never played tabletop again or never played it played tabletop at any point in their life probably saw different depictions of tabletop at one point or another um maybe heard tales from a friend and they wanted to check it out themselves um i would say that uh, speaking with a lot of people who haven't played tabletop or who you know have been sort of interested but a little hesitant to to try it um the thing is is that i usually try my best to make something that seems so intimidating and try to and try to simplify it and try to uh try to allow the the new player to kind of understand that everyone at the table you know is we may we may all very well be familiar with the rules and familiar with um like what some of the customs and uh ceremonies are when we are you know conducting a game of like dungeons and dragons or pathfinder or uh cyberpunk or whatever it might be and we might already be to a degree things but the thing is is that every at the table member is being that new player and it is it could be intimidating like sure like people who have been playing tabletop for a while they they might be able to like build a character without even looking at the the player's handbook just you know on a sheet of paper without an actual character sheet just like okay boom um but like even even the most experienced uh game master and the most you know long-lived player like they understand what it is like to be vulnerable in that space. And it is definitely participating kind of, you know, being vulnerable because you are kind of sharing a bit of your self and, you know, incrementally as, hmm. as the story goes on and as the uh, experience continues. So I usually try to let 
new players know, uh, don't be, you know, like, don't be afraid to try things. Don't mm. be afraid to 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 fail. Because, mm. um, like, there are people at the table who are more than happy to help out. Um, individuals who are more than happy to um, just kind of, you know, let you know, you know, just kind of very politely, very kindly let you know how the how the rules are, are set. Um, and in that position, I would I would also say that the dungeon master is certainly not your enemy. They are going to be probably your your best friend through that journey. Um, hopefully you have a good dungeon master uh, who can actually guide you through that journey. Um, and especially if you get to the point where you want to have some, maybe some things planned, you, you know, you partnering and you communicating openly uh, with, with people at the table, but with the dungeon master in particular, um, like these are, it's, it's a relationship activity. It's a relationship building activity. Um, I would say that like some of my best friends in the entire world that I've been friends with for the longest in my time here on this mortal coil are people that I have either met during a tabletop game session or, or throughout a campaign or people that I have, you know, I've, I've played as a player under or, you know, people in the network who, mm. who also have like the experience of running games and playing games. So um, it's, it is a, it is a very, uh, very excited, very compassionate, very creative and very warm community. Mm. Um, Granted, there will there will always be people who are less than uh, yeah. facilitating. Mm. Um, it's you know it's important to it's important to feel you know it's important to feel safe in your group, right? Mm. Um, to be safe with the other individuals at the table and to be safe with the uh, with the game master as well. Mm. And so um, you know there is there might be a little bit of there might there might be a little bit of work that's required to kind of figure out which which group is best for you, um, and you know some of that will come down to the response people at the table and the dungeon master as well, uh, because you know in order to have a uh, a fully functioning session, you know at this table whether it is a digital table or it is a like a, a physical table made of wood or or whatever it needs to be. It is a round table mm. with with glorious mm. chairs and everybody's wearing armor mm. or something something completely, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter the table. Doesn't don't, matter. Don't get hooked on the table. That's exactly. Yeah. I've seen a lot of tables, yeah. a lot of fantastic mm. tables, tables with TVs in them. Mm. Um, but uh, it doesn't matter the table. What it What it does matter is that you feel you know, that you are with a group that you feel like you can be vulnerable with. Mm. Um, and so, and sometimes it takes a little, it may take a little bit of work to kind of figure out who, you know, who you fit best with, what table you fit best with. Mm. Um, and it is a, it is a game of relationships and consent. Absolutely. So yeah. um, as long as those things are kept in mind and, mm. and, you know, those rules are being followed. 
um, has the potential of being an amazing experience. Yeah. And again, again, as you said, it's it's scary to reach out to people and then being able to go, I would also like to be a part of you. It's like, it's a new yeah. friend group thing, isn't it? It's like, you seem cool. Can we be friends? And you're like, yes, <laughs> I am playing a goblin. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. About that, because usually like, usually if you, if you try to, if you you try to make friends or try to figure out some some string of like relation with another person, who, no matter who it is, um, there is there's sometimes unfortunately is this chunk of like oh well, you know we kind of have to like we kind of have to go through the small talk and like just kind of like ease in and all of that. Well, great thing about tabletop is that it it throws away all the small mm. talk and fills in the space for you, right? Yeah. You are already getting, you know, uh, exposure to this, yeah, this group and these people at, you know, the table and you are, um, you are simulating, you know, stimuli through a character, mm. you know, you are simulating your, your experience and your, and how you would, you know, approach a character and um, what you would do during this particular puzzle or yeah. during this particular social engagement mm -hmm. or this combat, um, you know, you get everybody working and, and critically thinking at the table together. And that fills in the space for, for all of that, you know, what would otherwise be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> just speed running a friendship where he's just yeah, like, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually perfect. The yeah. speed running a friendship. That's mm. actually it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me personally, it's like the fascinating thing. Like I've played with people who like a, f a friend now who's like, yeah, I work in like a recreation village in Denmark, <laughs> you know, like it's not, like someone you wouldn't expect to run into. And then you're like, cool, our characters have this. And then having those other conversations. It's just, again, it's, it's that sort of strange thing that I've had that when people have been like, oh, how do you make friends later in life? And it's like, do things like this. This Because yeah. on the whole, people will probably be like, cool, you seem nice. Let's keep, ha we're hanging out like once, twice, you know, a month or something. Let's keep this going. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I think, as you said, it's, and this has been a big thing actually to the most of the people we've talked about, that idea of just going, yeah, Make sure you're safe. Make sure you're happy. You know, sort of like, and I think that's, to be honest, that's lovely that that's come in now. You know, the idea of like going, okay, doing check-ins, doing sort of check. The same thing, like when people are like, well, I don't like trigger warnings. You're like, okay, probably not the table for you. Or if you, or if you, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, same, same. <laughs> where you're just like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, or, okay, mm -hmm. you go be a murder hobo. I was about to say, murder hobos could be fun. They can be fun, but just yeah, not gonna. But yeah, I mean you. You could have a you could have a group where the level of consent in you know um, the level of relation that that everybody has at the table is like yeah let's go and start like just being chaotic you know and that's 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 its own environment um, I I'm definitely not the kind of person who is you know who's all that great about somebody coming to the table and be like yeah I don't want to respect boundaries here and it's like. Nah, it's all about the boundaries. <laughs> They're important. It's kind of mandatory before I even run a game, really. And also the issue that you have, and again, like sort of streaming, when someone's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. You're like, 
Cool. There's no reason my character would want to spend any time with you. You just seem in-world an unpleasant person. We're going to go. Best of, best of <laughs> luck. Hey, future endeavours, mate, but <laughs> gonna go. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I think that was, um, again, very solid advice. As I said, like, it's as a new player, it's scary, yeah. and it's scary. To, it's it's always horrible to put yourself out there. But I think, again, especially after lockdown, after we've done a lot of online yeah. stuff, where you're like, you're going to find there's a lot of people. But also, like, if people are like, oh, I hate D and D, it's like, well, what what do you like? Because you seem to have strong opinions, and then it's yeah. like, yeah. And if it's not for you, you know, there's, there's as you said, there's so many different games. Some of them are huge. Some of them are like one page. There's there's one where I think you're like you're on Earth while someone's trying to man like a base on Mars, and it's like a chunky book of about two thousand pages. So like someone rolls it, and you're like, okay, crap. Okay, we need to. Ch- I need to find the air filter. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, that sounds intense, but also would be really weird to play, especially on stream where you're like, hold on, this is gonna take me about ten minutes to find the right. Yeah. yeah so much. There are definitely those games where it takes like four hours to do four minutes of in-game stuff uh not necessarily my favorite Mm. games although you know i've i've played some games with pretty uh with pretty chunky uh mechanics that i felt were were fun and cool um you know the thing is is that rules can can uh, rules can be a gift sometimes too many rules can be a prison Mm. um and like on the opposite side of the spectrum, of course, there are the one pagers. Uh, mm. One of my favorite one pagers is Honey Heist. Yes, yes, um, yes. Mm. Uh, just just being mm. a bunch of bears doing crime. What's not to like about that? Yeah. And we're just gonna vibe with it. it is, you just mm. there, here's your character, mm. and let's go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, just again, it's just that sort of thing. Going, what an exciting world we live in. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's roll that dice. Um, next up, we have a. Okay, connected to this. Uh, so that is a five. How do you feel about cosplay? Um, I love it. Mm. Um, I've I've done. So I have to ask though, when you mm. when you talk about cosplay, do you mean the general, the art and practice of cosplaying whether it is like you know going to a party and cosplaying or going to a festival and cosplaying or a convention or are you talking about specifically coming to a tabletop game dressed as your character yes yes all right (laughs) all of the above all right uh i absolutely love cosplay and i think this really this really brings out an, an entire other bracket of expression um and that is using you know garb makeup uh your body language uh your body in general to depict you know a a character from your favorite you know one of your favorite ips or you know a a tabletop character that you created and you want to want to manifest personally um i'm i'm the kind of person that loves going to like renaissance festivals and conventions and uh all sorts of other festivals i recently this year was uh took a trip to atlanta to go to momocon specifically to 
specifically to go to Momocon. Mm. Um, that was one of my opportunities to go to a, well, a larger convention. Um, I'm here in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, there are some conventions around here that can you know, become sizable. I know Convergence is a is a pretty decent one. Um, but I like I absolutely love going to conventions and just seeing what people come up with. And they can, you know, it could be anything from, you know, very meticulously choosing the right outfit um, and the right makeup to, you know, in person. Not I wouldn't even say impersonate, but personalize themselves as a particular character all the way to huge prop work like really like people walk is people walking into uh a convention as the question mark block from mario or like you know <laughs> stuff like that um and like there's and the thing is is that it also exposes other people to ips they might not be like super familiar with i and the thing is is like i've I've watched a bunch of anime, but I'm not like, I'm not an encyclopedia for it. Uh, but I, every time I see somebody who is just, you know, above and beyond wearing an outfit of a character from a specific anime, that is an opportunity for me to kind of like ask them about this anime that they're so passionate about and kind of seeing you know seeing them once again you know flare flare up and talk about something that they're passionate about and now i've learned about it um you you are you know you are as a cosplayer you are stirring the pot getting people stimulated and bringing the party and you are yeah you are expressing yourself hmm. through things that you're passionate i love cosplay um i've cosplayed as a i think i think the more prominent cosplay that i've done is a uh basically wearing a a, a fallout jumpsuit nice and i think behind me actually one sec here no problem at one point i had uh, I was in the need of actually adding a little bit more to my cosplay with the jump Fallout jumpsuit. Uh, I ended up getting a, a Pip Boy, and um, you know, adding adding to some extra decals. And then I realized, like, you know, I should be bring I should bring in an actual like holdable prop with me. And so, you know, I mean, I didn't I didn't design it from scratch, but I did go to like Target and I found a. Uh, a nerf gun that looked like it could be a specific weapon from the fallout series and decided to do paintwork on it and to do a bunch of coloring and some decals doesn't look as fantastic as it once did but this is and i'm gonna butcher the name <laughs> of it on purpose it is the ice gun <laughs> and so i ended up using miniature uh paint to try to really get the kind of gunmetal look of it. And um, I actually had a little blue light in here that mm. would uh, light up. And so I would just kind of, you know, carry this around as, and people would recognize it. I, I tried my best and, you know, uh, people recognized it right away as like the ice gun or the cryo, I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, yeah, they recognized it right away. 
I thought that was really, I thought that was really fun just to, you know, um, go around and like post from pictures and yeah. As, as you said, there's the second side of it, which is the sort of dressing up for playing your own character at a table online. You know, is that is that something you do? Is that something that you? I was about to say expect from people, but you know, you're like, no, you must you must come dressed as the dwarf. Come on. Well, I mean, I would say that um, I, over over the past three years, in particular, a lot of my uh, a lot of my tabletop. Uh, running of games has been online so in that case um in a lot of in a lot of those instances it's mainly using reactive image some of them with live cam um and i you know i kind of let the i let the participants kind of choose how they want to express this or the other um prior to that a lot of my um running of games was adventures league at a certain uh, game shops around the uh, cities where I'm located. And uh, prior to that, it was a lot of homebrew. I think back when homebrew was sort of the dominant part of my tabletop experience, um, usually in the beginning, like the first couple sessions, somebody would come in, you know, like dressed up a little bit you know, a little bit more like their character. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, um, early, early on, I remember one of my friends during a, a, a big campaign that was starting in college that I was a player at. One of my friends came in dressed as a Jedi, um, because they were going to be the paladin. Yeah. Um, and so they definitely wanted to have, you know, it, it helped them kind of get into the character and start off strong and, you know, create that vibe. Um, and then usually after that, you know, if it becomes, if it becomes more casual game, people just kind of come in their like clothes and stuff, you know, they just arrive in whatever they're wearing. Um, so uh, I, but I, you know, I would say for like events, that is always a fun thing to kind of bring to the table, you know, have people kind of, uh, um, but part of it is also money because <laughs> you need yeah. money to get, to, to get these things. And, uh, I, I would say that I've spent a, a chunk of my, uh, chunk, a chunk of my post youth in the, uh, broke college student category. Yeah. So that was, um, that was always something that was kind of an inhibitor on, you know, people dressing up, you know. Um, but I think, you know, in my 30s and all of that, uh, you know, going back, if I were to go back to a tabletop, you know, physical table, uh, I might encourage the individuals around me who maybe at that point might have accrued, accrued some, you know, resources to bring outfits that might be that might be something that might be really fun, especially if it's for like a, like a, a like a campaign marathon or something mm. like that. Like we're going to, we're going to play D and D for eight hours or 12 hours, mm. you know? Um, yeah. And again, it's the similar thing. Like uh, when you come from like a theater background and you're like, you're going to have a collection of hats. You're always going to yeah. be like, this character needs this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I've ended up accruing a lot of scarves, <laughs> you know, where I'm just like, cool. This character is also wearing a scarf now. <laughs> so <I> just... <laughs> but now yeah. the scarf is going to become a sash because mm. I am a barbarian. 
Yes. Or I am a monk. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Let's spin another question. Oh, let's. Um, that is a. Let's have a look. Open up the list. Um, oh, that is lovely. Number 13. Hey, Matt, what do dice mean to you? Ah. Uh, you know, dice, whether you're newer to tabletop games or you're a longtime player or a game master, at some point, you are going to be sitting there with a fistful of polygons, uh, cubes, pyramids, prisms, uh, and you can't help but feel a sense of power and wonder. Um, they could be like they could be made of different materials with different finishes, different splashes and hues of color. Um, you will at one point realize that in your hands you are holding pure potential energy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the thing is, is I I think that is one of the big reasons why dice in and of itself is its own, its own cultural icon in the tabletop world. Hmm. You wouldn't, I mean, you take, take any like profession or, or area of art or hobby. And there are tools that are prolific and iconic for that kind of work or that kind of creation um, for tabletop. It's, you know, the dice are pretty much that's, that is the tool. Um, it's like holding a match in your hand next to dynamite. <laughs> it's like standing at the edge of a steep cliff with a large boulder at your feet. And it's mm -hmm. like reaching your fingers towards that first domino, uh, because like, yeah. Okay. Okay. So there are little shapes in your hand. Mm -hmm. You roll them. They have numbers. Yeah. It's very, very simple when you really think about it. But when you do really think about it, they're little powder kegs. Uh, it might go off in a small puff, you know, chances are you're going to be rolling them dozens and dozens of times, perhaps hundreds of times. Um, but when they do go off, they go off big. Yeah. Um, and they create big moments, big memories, big stakes, um, whether they're epic or catastrophic. And I, every, I think a bulk of the memories that happen in tabletop is when, you know, that the dice hit one or the dice hit 20, right? Um, no game is impervious to the luck of the die. And I think people understand that deep down. And I think that's why dice are its own fascinating part of tabletop. Um, and I think, just think about all the Instagram accounts that are dedicated to just dice collections, yeah. right? Um, like different color, different materials, but like if it, if it wasn't for the fact that they are at the core of what creates these big moments. Uh, it wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't be as as big of a, a symbol in tabletop as they are. And again, the beautiful thing is that you can you can go to like a hobby store, buy one for like two ninety nine, and then go all the way up to you know this one's got rose petals or looks like cheese <laughs> or you know yeah, just, like <laughs> cheese like the little yeah. swiss cheese ones i've seen yeah. them where they had like little holes in them i don't know how balanced those are no. but like they look really cool but again you i think that would be more for like if you're at a weird tabletop where you're like here i've also got the beans dice you're like oh okay just yeah 
Um, so how about you? Are you which side? Are you are you superstitious with your dice? Do, you know, do you put them in the moonlight? Do you collect tons? <laughs> Tell me more about these dice of yours. I would say that I am I am a person of science, mm. and uh, I am scientifically inclined. Mm. Who will still lend myself to the superstition of dice because uh because it's fun to do so yeah. <laughs> it's mostly it's just fun hmm. um like i love the idea of having dice jails and you know when people are rolling the it's all it's probability it's all hmm. chance like it's uh i mean sure it's, sometimes it's the make of the dice hmm. but but like despite the fact that it is this cold hard set of probabilities percentages number in this serum and i think that's just part of the fun right mm -hmm. um and i you know as i mentioned i i like the fact that people will kind of treat their dice with personality like you know this one is rolling terribly you go into the dice jail it's like this is my lucky dice right here this is the one this is, i always roll 20s with this one um or it's like this is old this is old it's dependable always middle of the road if i ever like am not sure about something um <laughs> uh i would i would say that uh we also we also treat dice in the same way that like you know like a person might treat jewelry or something mm. it's like ooh shiny um everybody's golem in that mm. precise moment they're holding dice and you know um I, there's just so much personality when it comes to just dice in general and it's, it's all of the personality we implant into it um and i think that's just it creates like it creates more fun for mm. for the experience honestly <laughs> yeah it's, it's fun it's crazy um and again it's very sweet when someone's like right new character new set of dice you know it's sort of like the, the amount of thought that goes into it and then they're like oh i've, I've color themed it or i think because they're oceanic and you're like yeah just so much of this conversation has been like it's nice when people are excited about things and it's just yeah you know yeah yeah i mean i i like being ex i'm excited about this stuff and i mm. like i like it i like talking about tabletop stuff with yeah. people you know um so let's let's jump on to another question. Yes, in the in the dying minutes of the adventure, let's. Um, that is a two. Ah, what spell or ability would you like to have in real life? Ah, you see, I thought about mm. I thought about this for a long time, even mm. before uh, being a, a tabletop mm. geek in particular. Um, I've kind of I played with this in my mind a little bit, but there's a there's always been a handful of things that I've always considered like what if I had this and what I what if I had this? But I realized the theme all has to do with location. Hmm. It all has to do with the location of something or existing in time and space at a particular moment. Um uh at one point when I was younger, I wanted to be able to just say like a a power word of sorts and be able to kind of see like a flash on my HUD, you know, that's where something is located. Oh, I'll never lose anything ever again. It's like, huh, I wonder, I wonder where the, 
<laughs> I wonder where Dwayne the Rock Johnson is right now. <laughs> oh, he's not. He's not in Hollywood right now. He's over there just for fun, you know. Um, and then, you know, and then there's stuff like time travel. Hmm. But it kind of rolls up into one of one of those like more distilled versions of the questions. Like, would you prefer teleportation or flying? because usually when you like narrow things down into a this or that then then you get some like you know reasoning and rationale between them and that one was always hard for me mm. because flying is all about the journey it's all about the splendor it's all about you know traveling you know being in flight and in in progress somewhere and enjoying the experience to get there um and you can show it off hmm. whereas teleportation it's convenient hmm. you know you can just be there right you never you don't have to worry about space time or or where hmm. you are at hmm. precisely you could be wherever you want to be um but imagine how much you miss out on uh, and so I guess my ultimate answer to that question is um, control over space time. Uh, you know, that would be that would be the uh, 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 the Tesseract from yeah. the MCU. If I had yeah. the Tesseract from the MCU, I think that would do it for me. Again, this is the problem that when people like, like um, but you know, like flying, it's like, yeah, you can fly, but you're not. You're still you. You can't deal with like strong winds or cold. And they're like, "Oh, we'll give you teleportation. You have to get exactly right, otherwise spliced." And you're just like, yeah. "That's just that's just mean." I just it, again, it's that problem. As soon as you start doing superpowers, you're like, "Well, you also need this. You need invulnerability. You need that. You need a little bit of precog ability." You're like, "I just want to fly. I just I just want to have that moment where I just take off and go. Yeah, I can do this. Look at look at me go." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although. I feel like, uh, especially with flying, hmm. it's, uh, I feel like flying might be simpler than teleportation. Because yeah. you're right. With teleportation, hmm. you would have to know, you'd have to envision the exact spot in your mind. But of course, if you were, you were watching TV and you were like, oh, I want to be there, boom, then it's easy. Hmm. But, um, or watching a YouTube video. Um, but that's all, it's all high risk, hmm. high reward. Um, flying... There's the little nuances of, yeah, you're going to freeze up there. But of course, if you go high enough in the atmosphere, it'll warm up a little bit again, but you're not going to be able to breathe. So, you know, uh, there's there is always also what's really fun as a, uh, a DM is to uh, incorporate the downsides to any <laughs> to any particular power into the into the game like oh i'm you know if, if somebody says oh i'm going to fly across the city it's like okay how are you going to do this oh you're gonna fly that up well you're gonna have to do a constitution saving throw against cold you know yeah. all, all of that 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 to me is that's always mining for gold <laughs> for opportunity to like uh make a make a session more interesting um one of again one of the characters I play on stream uh some winged tiefling I don't think I've ever said it, but I like to think he has that sort of thing with like the second eyelids where he's just like, yeah, like like an insect or a bird where it's just like, cool. So I don't get, you know, if 
grit hits me in the eye while I'm flying. <laughs> it's not just go, well, I'm blind now. So just... <laughs> uh, I just again, yeah. it was like, what ability would you like? The Tesseract. <laughs> Ultimate power in the palm of my hands. Yeah. Uh, Ever, all of these abilities come with expensive lessons, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, but, but they can be fun. It'd be fun as one person's tragedy is another person's comedy. <laughs> as you just watch someone just implode and then someone else steps out and goes, right, okay, so lessons you need to, when you focus on the area, really focus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, amazing. Um, thank you very much, Matt. This has been a very enjoyable hour. Um, I... Uh, just, I mean, similar earlier. Any anything else you'd like to plug? Sure thing. Um, yeah. And I want to. I I definitely want to let you know. Like I am, I am super appreciative of the opportunity, Tom, to talk about tabletop and to talk a little bit about like dice and you know like cosplay and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like that's yeah. If all if any of you out there wants somebody that just chat and hang out with you know you could always you could always find me at uh, twitch.tv slash chaotic and underscore writer um i also have the website www.chaoticandwriter.com where i have uh articles about world building and tabletop random name generators uh other events to plug well in two days from when you are all viewing this that is to say july 16th i will be running on twitch.tv slash chaotic and underscore writer part two uh that is say episode two of the cold name volterra the quiet year session uh we have built a world that is based upon an ancient civilization highly technological that is about to hit a cataclysm at the end of the year and they need to bury their technology and culture in vaults so that people two millennia later during a sort of sorcery part of history, get to open up these vaults and everything goes crazy. <laughs> uh, so if you want to tune in on that, uh, that is going to be uh, July 16th, 2023 at 12 p.m. Central Time. Um, and overall, just once again, want to say thank you very much, Tom, and thank all of you for watching this fantastic uh, stream. Yes, no, big, big, again, once again, thank you for having it. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for a lovely hour. Once again, it's just nice to be, talk to passionate people about things they love, really. It's just, yeah. which most people are, we haven't had anyone who's like, don't really care about TTRPGs. And you're like, then why are you here? <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, that's that seems like a mismatch. I would, yeah. I would presume somebody would want to say something about tabletop games. Um, Unless they've been like grandfathered in and they're just like, I just, I have to do it. I just don't care. But like, cool dice. <laughs> it's like, oh, there has to be something here. How about dice? No. How about cosplay? No. How about creating a character at all? No. Oh, but I really, really do enjoy being on stream in general. It's yes. like, okay, well, we'll work with that. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so I uh, would love to do this again. Feel free yes. to reach out if you uh, ever uh, need somebody to talk more about geekery. Uh, by all means, 
Um, yes, so everyone, just as we go into to the end, thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you have enjoyed us, we are uh, we're doing a talk together uh, on Fridays or talking is a free action which is our question dungeons where the the question lords put characters through various difficult tasks usually we learn something about ourselves and isn't that why we do this no we do it for the dice um also if you do want to watch dnd um mondays 6 to 9 p.m gmt or british summertime which we're currently in as i slowly mm-hmm. melt or tuesdays so mondays are new campaign stuff um so that's fracture our long our long form game or i actually think there might be a new campaign coming up soon so everyone just peep us peeled Ooh, uh, yeah uh, yeah take a Te- put an eye out for that yeah <laughs> new content you say mm. uh, but then on the flip side tuesdays we're rerunning some of our classic adventures so um if you want to see what we all looked like about two three years ago <laughs> Back, back in the deep dark depths of lockdown and we're just like <laughs> i'm sure we'll be over in a week everything will be fine we'll go back to work no. um so speaking of our streams uh you can find our episodes at twitch.tv slash roll together rpg there's also going to be a youtube link in chat for the vods uh also the podcasts thank you once again to the d20 club uh, on patreon um thank you to the sponsors and all our supporters and as we say at the end of every episode because it's just beautiful words always stay classy at the table (laughs) 